Hello! Welcome to Tay to Z, where we chat about every Taylor Swift song in alphabetical order. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab, and we will be your hosts on this journey. In our last episode, we talked about Out of the Woods from mm. 1989. Uh, uh, uh. And today we are discussing our first song from Midnight's Antihero. Which is not in the alphabet currently it is an a song yes so we are we've said this before but we are going to be slotting in the midnight songs that we've already passed in the alphabet as um, we did for fearless taylor's version and we as we did for red taylor's version yes so that's what we are going to be doing and you know thank you taylor for making the first single also the first song alphabetically Mm -hmm. we know she did that for us you know that first single is an a song so it really made our lives so easy that we get to cover anti-hero right now yeah as it's still a single and like at the top of the charts that's pretty cool she knew she knew she was like you know Devin and gab they have it tough already with having the slot back in songs Mm -hmm. might as well make it easy for them for the first one yeah right have it be an a and we'll have like that first thing single like the one that we've like Heard the most? Perfect. Make it an A. Perfect. Yeah. She knew. Mm-hmm. She knows. Antihero is the third track on Midnight's. Midnight's was released on October 21st, 2022. And this song was co-written by our guy, Jack Antonoff. Our, our guy. Our guy. <laughs> Antihero will most likely be played live very soon. I'm guessing she's going to play it on something soon you know the maybe a saturday, tour. saturday oh, night oh, live you mean like some on a show yeah yeah, yeah. oh i bet you you yes, know yeah i think i think it it could be happening but for the moment we have this incredible music video that was released on october 21st as well at 8 a.m yeah <laughs> <laughs> sort of random but it was midnight for somebody i'm sure if if that came out at midnight where you are let us know yeah i don't know what's eight hours ahead sorry time zones Sorry. But just, yeah, the way she released things was for different areas and time zones. We were both still asleep. At, no, you were awake at that point. I was still yeah. asleep. We both watched it. That was the first thing we did when yeah. we woke up. Woke up, day. music video. <laughs> and then between going to sleep and the music video at 3 a.m. was when the seven other tracks for the 3 a.m. version were, we were released. released. Yes, and I saw that. <laughs> I didn't get to hear them yet, but I saw that because I was up at 4 a.m. Right. In the middle of the night. <laughs> unbelievable night what what a wild time we're living in truly and then today was the announcement of her tour yeah. which wild wild we're living in exciting we're living times. in exciting exciting times. the eras tour i mean really everything we could ever ask for literally literally seeing her perform cruel summer live if she does it will be the peak of my existence literally you seeing her in tour will be the peak of your existence (laughs) okay but back to anti-hero 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 debuted at number one in both the u.s and the uk of course it did pretty epic i mean swifties make it happen swifties will always make it happen yeah also just so you all know where we are in the news also today was announced the billboard Top 100, top 10 yes. of being all Taylor songs. Yep. So keep killing it, Swifties. You guys uh, rock. Crushing it. What a time to be a Swiftie. I mean, that's it's just been, so exciting. That has been us as well this whole week. Only listening to Midnight's, basically. You, well, you listened to, like, a couple other songs, and I was like, traitor. 
<laughs> Pardon me for listening to a couple of other songs by like Jack. And- Absolutely okay, but uh, all I listened to was Midnight's. <laughs> Devin, mm. what do you think about Antihero? Wow, what an incredible song. Mm. You know, it's interesting. What I've learned from listening to Bleachers mm-hmm. is that I really enjoy a sad bop. Yeah, you do. Like, I'm I'm a fan of the sad bop, mm-hmm. and this is an ultimate sad bop. You know, it is such a bop. Yeah. With, like, really heartbreaking, deep, fearful stuff that she's talking about. Yeah, It's yeah. just like... Wow, you're sitting here like bopping along and everything. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. Like, this is about depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Huh. But I'm still bopping. This mm-hmm. is great, you know? The production of this track, fantastic. Her voice is so pure. Yeah. I don't know how that works. The chorus is seriously so freaking catchy. Mm-hmm. The subject matter is so deeply personal and relatable. Yeah. It is just a fantastic single and it is such a earworm in the best way mm-hmm. it is this chorus is maybe one of the catchiest bits of music like that i've heard in a very long time yeah super catchy delving a little bit deeper i love the super crisp drums at the beginning the yeah Really crisp, really fun. When Taylor comes in, she does have this reverb on her voice that is super pleasing. It kind of feels like she's in this big hallway mm. and she's and she's singing. It, it's like a really fun reverb on her. It sounds so good. When my depression works the graveyard shift. Yeah. Wow. Like, what a line. Mm. I know for myself, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in Relate, is that like, Middle of the night, midnight is when my anxiety is the highest, usually. Like, trying to go to sleep and my mind is just racing and whatever. I love Taylor's backup vocal with herself. (laughs) The, the tale is old as time. I love that, yeah. So good. And then the, for the last time. Mm -hmm. She sounds so good backing herself up. It's fantastic. And then you get this chorus that now I think the entire world is singing. Mm -hmm. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem, it's me. Yeah. What an incredible line that is so unpredictable. When I first heard it, I think I went like, oh. Yeah. Oh, because it's it's a very unpredictable rhythm. Mm -hmm. It's me, pause, hi, pause, I'm the problem, it's me. It's an unexpected rhythm Mm -hmm. that makes for a really fun listen every single time. Yeah. And then not to mention, it's just like playful, where it sits in her voice is really cool. Yeah. And it is. It's like she's talking back and forth with herself, which we'll see in the music video, right? It's very interesting how your ear picks up that mm. that specific part. I'm really interested for what you have to say about Antihero. Mm. Like, like what you think that means in terms of Taylor in this song and like why she's calling herself an Antihero. Mm. I looked up the definition and it said that it's a central character in a story, movie, or drama who lacks conventional heroic attributes. Mm. Which I thought was really interesting. I had always thought the anti-hero was just like the bad guy who you could potentially be rooting for. Mm. Or that you can I, side with. Yeah. I don't know. I, I always thought of like as the anti-hero, like, um, like the one that comes to mind for me would be like a Wolverine character mm. where they're like super heroic, but they also have this like tough backstory mm. and like a lot of mistakes they've made that maybe weren't so heroic. Mm-hmm. 
or had to like struggle through. Mm-hmm. That's an X Men reference for mm-hmm. those who don't, don't sure. <laughs> follow. Uh, like Loki comics. ends up becoming an antihero. Yeah, exactly. Like you that's know? the kind of thing I always think of it in terms of like comic books. Right. So this definition makes sense to me in terms yeah. of what an antihero is. Yeah, and and so then that made me think that like Taylor thinks of herself as the central character in her story, but one that doesn't have heroic attributes. Well, conventional. Conventional heroic attributes, mm-hmm. right? So she doesn't think of herself in, in this song as somebody who is someone you should, you know, be rooting for, right? It's like, it, the depression makes it seem to herself that, like, she's not good enough. She doesn't have the things that people really look for in a hero, you know? Yeah, like, well, she's exploring her deepest insecurities, right. which are the things that make it so that she feels like she's not that hero. Right. Yeah. And she is the hero for millions and millions of people. Yeah. But I think it's also important to like think about too is just like even with our heroes, like it's okay to not put them on a pedestal. For sure. Like it's okay to know that like they're human and have flaws. And have flaws which I think yeah. is a lot of the point of this song in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Like yeah. when you know when she feels like the monster on the hill. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes she doesn't feel like she's like a person and just right. knowing that like she is, and she makes mistakes, and she sometimes misspeaks, and things like that, you know? Yeah. And that she's, like, growing and figuring herself out the same way. Like, I wouldn't necessarily, like, really consider her an antihero, but I think in the lens of her insecurities, that's how she... That's how she perceives it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and it's interesting, too, it must be so exhausting rooting for the antihero. There were many years in this Taylor Swift fandom where... It was very hard to be a Taylor Swift fan, not because of the fans, but because of everyone outside. Like, there were many years where it was, like, not cool to be a Taylor Swift fan. Right. And, like, in those years, there were some hard things. And, like, it was, like, I sometimes would call myself, like, a Taylor Swift apologist or something. Mm. You know, like, people would ask, like, well, why hasn't she spoken up about this or whatever? And, like, then Miss Americana came out. We kind of learned about that more, you know? But there were, like, a number of years where that wasn't the case where it was like it, you know i never found it hard to root for her but there were a lot of times where there were a lot of people who were like not pro taylor and it was it was like harder to be like a stan mm-hmm. but like i i definitely was i would just fight with people at parties mm-hmm. <laughs> and i can like tell you multiple scenarios where that was the case yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's very interesting mm. i wonder i wonder what this midnight was like for her yeah writing this song what had come about to make her want to write this one. Yeah. I think it's a number of things, but Mm -hmm. it's just like all these different conflicts and concerns and anxieties she has and her seeing herself as like the common cause, the common problem. Yeah. Never looking in the mirror. Yeah. That was also a big critique of hers for years is that like she always plays the victim. Right. You know, which she called out in the Look What You Made Me Do music video. Like, mm-hmm. oh, there she goes again, playing the victim, like that yep. whole thing. And that was a big thing for years. So this idea of like, I'll stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror. Like where it's like, maybe like I was at fault for some of these things or not, you yeah. know? The sexy baby line. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, uh, good segue there. Really weird. I, I don't really... Uh, I don't know about that one. I I do have to say, I don't fully understand the last partial verse where she has the dream about letting people down with, you know, and after being killed, basically. <laughs> um, she has this dream where she's murdered by her 
daughter-in-law and that that they want like all this money but like i'm laughing up from at them from hell saying like haha you're not gonna get anything from me haha and i i don't know exactly how to interpret that i was like does she just have this dream of laying people down does she have this dream of laying people down even though this person has killed her and she still is like is like oh man i'm sorry that you know i let you down even though you literally killed me I think that, like, it could be, like, it could be that underlying meaning in that way, but I also wouldn't be surprised if she actually had this dream ah. where her daughter-in-law killed her for money. Yeah. <laughs> like, knowing Taylor, I feel like she probably has weird dreams sure. or weird fantasies or whatever. Yeah, it's just so oddly specific. Yeah, and I think that, like, it's an interesting thing when you're this huge, massive pop star and then you're thinking of, like starting a family and then you're thinking and like we don't know if that's the case but then you're thinking of like your eventual children getting married and what does that mean what are you passing on Mm. in terms of like your life like what how how does taylor swift have like an in-law do you know what i mean like a legacy it's it's interesting so i wonder if it was just like a night of spiraling thinking Mm -hmm. about that or if she actually had this dream which led her to think about interesting You want me to talk about Sexy Baby Now related? Sure, you can talk about Sexy Baby Now. (laughs) So what the internet has been saying is, like, this idea about, like, mm, what's the word? Infantilizing. Yeah, infantilization of women. Mm. And so, like, this idea that, like, guys go for women that look really young. Mm -hmm. And that, like, as you age, it's, like, the the women and the look of the women get younger and younger. And, like, the look of, like, the big eyes and whatever. Yeah. And then the actual term sexy baby could be seen as a uh, reference to 30 Rock. There's an episode of 30 Rock. I think it was called, like, TSG, which was, like, the name of their show. TSG hates women. And um, in the episode, like... The character Liz Lemon, who was Tina Fey's character, like, hires a writer who she accuses of being, like, putting on, like, a sexy baby act for male attention. So this idea Hmm. that, like, that men like that, like, you're in charge or, like, I have big eyes and I'm pretty. Like, it's like a, a, yeah, infantilizing women. Mm Mm-hmm. I think, like, her kind of showing that, like, as she's aging and stuff, but also, like, some of the circles she was running mm-hmm. in, like, you know, could be, like, especially, like, model-type circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be that idea and that, like, <laughs> everyone's a sexy baby and then the juxtaposition is, I'm the monster on the hill. So, like, she feels like, A, Taylor is always physically taller than most people, not necessarily all the models, but she's a tall woman, so feels... Yeah. Out of place, but then also just, like, as a pop star, she struggles with not feeling like a human, which I'll talk sure. about in Gossip Gab. Okay. But I think it's that juxtaposition, and that's kind of, it's, like, kind of, like, a critique on culture and, like, what culture deems as sexy or cute. Sure. And that it's, like, yeah, this, like, youthful look is what the trend goes towards, sure. if that makes sense. Sure. That's what, like, the internet's saying. Yeah. It could be something else, too. But it's like, I think it's yeah. that idea. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. And then you have my favorite part of the whole song where she speaks, sings that line. It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. Uh-huh, that part's it's so me. good. Yeah. Ah, so, so good. I love a good speak, sing from our gal. Yeah. I love this song. One of my early favorites on the album, for sure. Yeah. And I am very excited to see her perform it. Live. So excited. Ah, Gab, what do you think of this one? Um, I love this song. I just think that it's just like so vulnerable and deeply personal. And like, I think like truly 
some of the deepest insecurities that Taylor has ever let us as her fans in on. Yeah. Like, I feel like she just really opened herself up and was like, here it all is. And, like, as a fan, I find that really meaningful. Yes. And that she's, like, trusting us with all this information. And I think that, like, it's really cool. As Taylor has grown and continued to create and create and create, like, her music's just become more and more self-aware. Yeah. I really love that about her. Like, that you can actually see her growth as a person yeah. in the music she's uh. creating. Oh. And, like, I know that seems like an obvious thing, but it's just not necessarily in the music industry. And I personally think that Taylor grows older and wiser. Mm. You know, she said, I have this thing where I grow older but never wiser. Mm-hmm. I do think she grows wiser because I think she's so aware of who she is. I think so, too. And I think that's, like, to be a person, like, and to be wise, understanding yourself is the first step. Self-aware, for sure. People can't, like, necessarily tear her down anymore because... The person who's thought the worst things about her has been herself first. Mm -hmm. And, like, she'll always beat you to the punch. Yeah. Though, like, ultimately the goal is to not think or feel those negative self-thoughts. I think it's really incredible that all of us can relate to Taylor and understand that, like, struggle's part of just being human. Mm -hmm. Like, whether you're a pop star or, like, a regular person, like, people who we look up to also experience these feelings and insecurities. And I think that's, like, just such... A hugely important thing and like how incredible of Taylor to be able to like share these parts of her that then like can make the rest of us not feel so alone. Yeah. Like that's amazing. Yeah. And powerful. I also think this song is like one of the catchiest on the album Mm -hmm. and like the hook is so catchy, so good. I love the underbeat a lot. I think it's just like a perfect lead single. Yeah. It like cuz it's like it's going there. It's deep, but it's also so catchy. Yes. It's one of my favorites on the album for sure. Right now it's like I think like in my top 3 favorites from the album. Oh. Uh-huh. I just love how biting and honest the lyrics are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then like how universal her insecurities are. Yeah. You know, and like it makes you really feel like okay, like I'm not the only one who feels this way. Like that's awesome. 100%. Um, yeah, so instantly one of my one of my favorites on Midnight's. As soon as I heard it, I knew I loved it. Yeah. Devin, mm. do you relate? This song is so relatable. Mm-hmm. Like, just crazy. Anxiety, depression, self-doubt, thinking you are the problem when you're not. You know, we were talking about Out of the Woods last week and how, like, it's not terribly relatable, but mm-hmm. it's still, like, just an incredible song. And mm-hmm. it's, like, one of her best bridges of all time. This song is just, like, so relatable. Mm-hmm. And every line is just like, oh, yeah, I felt that. Oh, yeah, I've thought that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, this is this is totally that. Yeah. You know, for me, middle of the night is the worst. Like, I am sometimes up and cannot fall asleep because yeah. my mind is racing. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about all of the bad things that have happened, are happening, will happen, mm-hmm. may not happen, happened 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's just like... Like, that's anxiety. Yeah. And I have, we all know, gotten real in touch with my anxiety these past couple of years. Yeah. So, Taylor, once again, just showing us her vulnerability and allowing us to be introspective of ourselves. Yeah. To then see, like, whoa, I've been feeling this too. It's okay to feel this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is normal. We're all going through this. People, like, even Taylor like you said, who is a hero, who is, we love her. Everybody loves her, has these insecurities. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's human. Yeah. So 
crazily relatable. Mm-hmm. Gab, do you relate? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, as someone who has both an anxiety disorder and depression, I absolutely relate to this song and like, you know, how often like we're the first people to point out all our own flaws and pick ourselves apart. I think like a lot of us had t- have had times at night with like thought spirals where your anxiety like takes control and you're just like thinking about every possible thing or scenario or past or and you just can't turn your brain off. Yeah. I think that's like probably like a common occurrence that people go through. And it really makes me think of the lyrics. I should not be left to my own devices. They mm. come with prices and vices. I end up in crisis. Taylor as old as time. Which also like what a good lyric, Taylor. Taylor like, is uh. old as time. And then of course like what you shouted shouted out when my depression works the graveyard shift, all of the people I've ghosted stand there in the room. Yep. Like, just such good lyrics, but there's something about night that can make depression and anxiety feel more potent. Yep. Especially, like, if you're, like, trying to fall asleep, but then they're counteracting you being able to fall asleep. It, like, that idea of that, like, all of these, when you're left to your own devices or your brain won't stop thinking, like, all of these mistakes you made or people you hurt or whatever, it all just can be, like, sitting there and you can, like, be perseverating on it. Yeah, so it's just, like, super, super relatable. And also just brilliantly what she did with the whole it's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me thing. Yeah. Like, such a universal thing where so many people can, like, relate to it. Now she did the anti-hero challenge where you, like, can do it for, like, silly things. Like, she did it with, like, the, you know, painting of her cats <laughs> as, like, a, like historical figures yeah. or whatever. And just, like, this idea, too, that, like... To turn something that's also your deepest insecurities also into something that can be kind of comical, mm-hmm. too, I think is really relatable. Also, just, like, being at an age where you can recognize those insecurities or things that you've even grown from. You know, like, you and I talk a lot about how, like, when we first started dating, like, I was not good at compromising, like, mm-hmm. at all. And it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, years later, at the time, I, I would have thought if you, if we talked about that, I would have been really defensive. And how, like, years later, you can be, like, okay. That was something that I needed to work on. Like, yeah. And I think it's, I don't know, I think it's really cool, just that growth. It's just like very relatable to see in her music as, you know, people yeah. who listen to her whole discography. Yeah. Yeah. So wildly relatable, I'm sure, for a lot of our listeners. For a lot of, <laughs> yeah, for everybody. Yeah. As we mentioned, the Antihero music video was released on October 21st at 8 a.m. The music video was both written and directed by Taylor. You know, the video depicts Taylor's anxieties and insecurities using three different versions of her. Yeah. As I talk about some of it, I'm going to call, like, regular Taylor. Ooh. Problem Taylor. Okay. And then Giant Taylor. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Cool. In the scene that dramatizes the nightmare Taylor speaks about on In the Bridge, where her future family fights over her will um, after her daughter-in-law kills her, (laughs) it stars comedians Mike Birbiglia and John Early as Taylor's sons and Mary Elizabeth Ellis um, from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia as her daughter-in-law. Before we talk about how we feel about the music video, I'm going to list a couple of Easter eggs Mm. in the video. Um, We'll probably miss some since the video is still so new. So let us know what we missed. First, the ghosts in the sheets. One's wearing the red heart sunglasses and another's wearing the cat ears from the 22 music video. Right, right, right. The guitar that is played and smashed by Problem Taylor is the blue koi fish guitar that Taylor used on her Speak Now tour. Right, right, right. Taylor is shot with a bow and arrow on the line pierced through the heart, which 
of course, feels kind of reminiscent of the archer. Yeah. Anytime yeah. we see a bow and arrow, I always think of the archer. Always. In the bathroom scene, there's a framed photo of Taylor's grandmother, Marjorie Finlay, right. of Marjorie fame. Yep, yep. And then, of course, in the funeral scene, the daughter-in-law is wearing the fearless tour black and silver dress. <laughs> and then Taylor leaves her children only 13 cents, you know, her lucky number 13. Mm-hmm. And then the little P.S. There's no secret encoded message that means something else <laughs> I love is a direct line for all of us for clowns. All of us. Guys, it. there's no secret hidden message that means something else. Like, sometimes there is, and she does do Easter eggs, but not always. And that's okay. <laughs> it's not okay. There's always something. No, she told us point blank at her funeral <laughs> in her will. <laughs> um, I love, I love the will. The, so good, it's so funny. So Devin, what do you think about this music video? Brilliant! It's brilliant. Like Taylor, keep making these, mm-hmm. please. You know the "I Bet You Think About Me" music mm-hmm. video is one of my favorites so of hers. Good. Keep throwing them at us. Mm-hmm. Love this so much. I think you went over all the Easter eggs. But I just wanted to go over some of my favorite moments. Yeah, of course. I love the breakfast for dinner mm-hmm. in the first scene, and that it's in the shape of a smiley face, mm-hmm. and that the eggs run purple, sparkly goo. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. The ghosts are incredible. Uh, as you said, the one with the cat ears, the one with her 22 sunglasses, like the heart, the heart sunglasses. So good. Taylor's alter ego opening up the door fantastic so problem taylor as mm-hmm. you said and the way she points at herself on i'm the problem it's me i know it's and, so and, good and her pointing like goes with the rhythm mm-hmm. i'm the problem it's me it and she's just like it's, it's great i love love her acting on that the everyone will betray you chalkboard yeah. is just wild yeah. her standing there and like just saying that and then that heartbreaking look that taylor gives when she looks up and she does that little nod mm-hmm. of like, you're right, uh, everyone is going to betray me. Yeah. You're right. Like, I love the scene with her drinking the itty bitty bottle of wine. Oh my God, so good. Again, I love that her blood is the sparkly purple glitter goo. Mm-hmm. Like, and then she just covers it up with the little pin. The vote for me. I yeah. will fix everything. Like, oh, the funeral scene, of course, is just incredible. The way that he says, it's the worst. <laughs> when he's like, what does it say? What does it say? It's the worst. (laughs) And the cat sanctuary, the podcast shout out. (laughs) I'm pretty sure she knows about Uh us. Obviously, (laughs) she wouldn't throw in a podcast reference if she didn't know about us. Sure. Like, come on. (laughs) I love that her name is Kimber. It's so funny. (laughs) Not, Not Kim, not Kimberly. Kimber. <laughs> there are people named Kimber. Don't be offended if you're Sorry. named Kimber. No, no, yeah, don't be offended. I just think it's hysterical. Yeah, Preston and, and Chad also. Preston, Chad, and Kimber. Fantastic. And I love the ridiculous slow motion fight, yeah, too, yeah. where she's just standing there with, like, her... She's just like, oh my... Oh, oh, oh my. <laughs> oh god, I'm the problem. And then again, like, on, when she's on the roof and, and Problem Taylor is like, it's me! And then Taylor's just like, hi. <laughs> yeah, and then like hands her the wine. Yeah, yeah, fantastic! Just what a brilliant music video! Yeah. It's it's so good. Yeah, Gab, what do you think of this one? I think this music video is so smart and so well acted. I think the different versions of Taylor are fantastic, and how they play off each other in the video, like it really works. Yeah, and the way the beat that you were talking about, the melodic line of the it's me high, how it's acted out. It's 
perfect. Yeah. It looks so good. It works so well. Yeah. So I just think the acting is amazing by Taylor. I think the ghost scene is really funny with all <laughs> the ghosts, like, in sheets wearing glasses and hats. Like, yeah. like it's like this very bizarre, She's weird like nightmare. She's terrified of them, but it's, like, very goofy. Yeah. The Alice in Wonderland, like, giant Taylor with the tiny fork and wine, you know, is, like, really perfect at demonstrating the lyrics where she's saying, I'm the monster on the mm-hmm, hill. Like, mm-hmm. you just see that. And then, like, the giant Taylor at the end, too, like, walking in to say hi to the others. Mm-hmm. And then, like, just the funeral scene is so fantastic. Yeah. Like, the portrait of older Taylor with all the cats around her. And then, like, the actual reading of the will and the (laughs) acting. Like, that scene is really funny. My favorite, favorite line in it, though, is where they say, like, so they are, like, talking to Kimber. And they're, like, you're wearing her clothes. And she like she's, like, no, I'm not. (laughs) Only to have her husband deadpan. Yes, you are. Fearless Tour 2009. Like, the way he deadpans it is so funny. It's so good. And it's also just such the way that, like, so many of us also speak where we can pick an outfit and we can know exactly what it's from in the year. Yeah. That killed me. I crack up every time. And, like, then, you know, the the reference to her son's podcast, Life Comes at You Swiftly. I said, Devin decided this is a shout out to us. LOL. 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 I I also love how how she's in the casket and she, like, opens it up briefly yeah, just to like, like check and peek out yeah <laughs> so funny i think like the costumes throughout the video are just so so good yeah i love problem taylor's makeup yeah it's fantastic in the sparkly outfit and just this idea too that like all of us can have so many different sides of our personalities mm-hmm. too and there can be we can contain multitudes you know and i i liked I like that too, just being able to see all these different versions and sides. Yeah. I just love how, like, in the end, they kind of like find common ground and come together because ultimately it's all Taylor. All those sides are who you are and that's okay. Yeah. I just think the video is really fun. It's really well done. And like to make such a fun video out of like your deepest insecurities, like that's not an easy feat. Yeah. And like she really accomplished it. Yeah. Yeah. And there are moments in the music video that do really show the depth of this song. Yeah, like and the hit meaning hard. of it. Yeah. yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Basically, speaking of that, like, I think we definitely need to, like, discuss the scene that was removed from the video, where, for those of you who maybe haven't seen it yet, or who did see it, or don't know what we're talking about, so the scene where Taylor uh, stepped on the scale, and it didn't read a number, it just said fat on the scale, and then problem Taylor, uh, like, shakes her head in disappointment, mm-hmm. like, in that scene. What's in the music video now, the scene still exists, but the actual scale and the scale reading the word fat has been removed. Mm-hmm. That scene's been removed from the music video. You know, Taylor fans know that since Miss Americana, that Taylor has struggled with an eating disorder since the 1989 era around that time. She's been open about this struggle with her fans and her body dysmorphia and um, also like when she started to get to a healthier weight, like all these tabloids would come out and talk about her weight or point out it out or call her names or like at, like have like pregnancy rumors and like what that's done to her psyche as well. Yeah. This scene in the music video is supposed to show the struggle that Taylor felt when it comes to her weight as well as how like society's focus on thinness has damaged her self-perception. Right. And I know a lot of fans related to that experience and, like, understood that the scene was not meant to be fatphobic or show fatness as something bad. But I also, like, understand that through showing this negative self-perception 
of Taylor's, it inherently posits being fat as something bad, even though I don't think that was the intention. Like, Mm. I can see how the scene could be read that way by people who feel that way. Mm -hmm. And, like, regardless of the intention, I think, like, it did hurt a community of people. And so it was quietly removed from the music video. And so it's like, I understand the context of the scene as a Taylor fan and also why it hit home for so many people. But I also understand the criticism of it. And I think, like, look forward to a time when the word fat doesn't have a negative connotation, I think that's like what the like the movement's working towards. I don't know if society and the media is quite there yet, mm-hmm. which I think is part of why yeah. it's like this. Like Taylor's taking a word that has been weaponized and used against her and showing her experience and how she feels. But I think that like the ultimate goal is for that word to not be a weapon anymore. Sure. And not to have a negative connotation. So I like understand the different sides of it. I just hope it doesn't stop Taylor from talking about her experiences in the future. Cause I know it's helped many people. Yeah. And I also know from like our Instagram that a lot of fans saw themselves in that scene and have had that experience. And like, I know a lot of people experience these things, but I know in like my personal experience as like a young woman growing up in this country, like, and like the, with the media obsession, probably this world, but especially with like the tabloid media here, like it's a very relatable scene and feeling, but yeah. So like, I, I kind of, I get why it was removed, but I also get the context of why it was there in the first place. So I think that's the music video. That's the music video. Yeah. I mean, I think that she did a really fantastic job. She's brilliant. Job. Well, now we get to the segment of... Gossip. So, like, this Gossip Gab won't be as loaded because so much of the Gossip Gab was discussed... Previously. In the music videos, or even me telling you what I think sexy baby means. Right. <laughs> you know, as we know, Antihero is the lead single from Midnight's, and in short videos that Taylor did for Spotify before the album release, Taylor said that self-loathing partially inspired the album. Yes. So you can kind of see that right. pretty clearly five, five in this things, song. Right, five things that she said inspired the album. Yes. Right. Yeah, so self-loathing, I think, is one that inspired Antihero. Or, or keeps you up at night. Yeah, five things that keep you up at night. Yeah. Yeah. So during an episode of her TikTok series, Midnight's Mayhem With Me, Taylor said, Antihero is one of my favorite songs I've ever written. I really don't think I've delved this far into my insecurities in this detail before. Mm. I struggle a lot with the idea that my life has become unmanageably sized. Oh. Not to sound too dark, but I just struggle with the idea of not feeling like a person. Don't feel bad for me. You don't need to. But this song really is a real guided tour through all the things I tend to hate about myself. We all hate things about ourselves. Wow. Yeah, which is pretty deep. The idea that my life has become unmanageably sized I think is, like, a lot about that idea of, like, the daughter-in-law killing her for the money. Like, this idea that, like, her life isn't fully hers with how big it is. Right. You know? The idea of not feeling like a person. Like, she feels like that monster on that hill. Yeah. You know? And she feels like she doesn't quite fit into rooms and things like that. Which is hard, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, when you're, you know, the size of who she is yeah. as Taylor Swift. Like she can't go anywhere without being Taylor Swift. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So like that has to be so yeah. hard in itself. Maybe she the just... lakes on their three year trip, you know, but, like, getting lunch. She can't, she can't go to a coffee shop and just sit in a coffee shop and hang out. No, they take, everyone will get pictures yeah. of her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like we take that for granted. Yeah. 
I mean, she can't even like, you know, like I work in Tribeca and so I pass her apartment pretty much every day on my commute. Yeah. And like, I'm always like, where is she? I always dream of one day just like running into her by accident, but that will never happen because she can't walk out on the street anymore. Like that doesn't ever occur anymore. Like that ended after the 1989 era, you know? Yeah. Just thinking about those different things, especially like of how she's chosen to keep her life with Joe so private. Like those are probably the few things that actually make her feel like Mm -hmm. a person. Mm -hmm. And like, also these are supposed to be like the things she perseverates on at night and things like that. So like, also when you think about sweet nothing, Mm -hmm. that idea that like, all that you ever want from me is sweet nothing. And Mm -hmm. that they're like, their relationship isn't like that. So we get to see these different sides right. within this same And album. then Mastermind is obviously about her and Joe as well. Yeah. So, like, come on. Yeah, but it's like, but it's just like this idea of where she finds those little moments of normalcy in her yeah. life. It has to, I, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I was just thinking about, so like she was on Jimmy Fallon and they were talking about like a party they were at and they showed a picture of them like building a pyramid and eating pizza, thinking about being at a party with Taylor Swift eating pizza. Like how amazing would that be? And that that happens and that sometimes she gets to just be a regular person who chats with Mike Birbiglia and they become friends and she puts him in her video. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting, and I just think it's special. She's sharing so much with us. Yeah, me too. And then also just this idea of I have this feeling I get older but never wiser is super reminiscent to me of right where you left me. Mm-hmm. Um, like mm-hmm. she's still twenty three inside her fantasy, and then also the Archer. I never grew up. It's getting so old. Mm-hmm. Like that's all pretty like reminiscent, similar idea. She has this feeling that like I think she said it in an interview once where it's like. Famous people, like, uh, stay stuck at the age they got famous mm, or whatever. But she's mm-hmm. like, that happened really young for me. Like, I had to figure out how to grow up from there. Yeah. And it's been really cool, though, because as we've watched her growing up, I think she is. Like, I think she is growing wiser and older. And, like, really maturing. And I think we can track it so beautifully. So, yeah, I'm just, like, ultimately really proud of Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And how, like, how lucky are we to have this now? You yeah. You know, like... We, we said that about Folklore and we said that about Evermore and how those two albums like saved us during yeah. the, the initial quarantine and like, like how lucky are we to have her music in times when like we need it. And, yeah. Like, this album, different from what I envisioned. Yeah. I never thought that it would be this. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like it's amazing. Yeah. So amazing. And special. Mm-hmm. Devin, mm. what's your favorite line in Antihero? It must be exhausting always rooting for the antihero. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, that the use of exhausting mm-hmm. be like, how tired are you to always be rooting for me? Mm-hmm. And to think that like, I can do this mm-hmm. and like that I'm actually, I'll, I'll get through this and like, it's okay, you know? And, and to feel that way too of mm-hmm. like, wow, people are always rooting for me and it for what? You know, yeah, like, it's gotta be really hard. that has to be so hard. I mean, I sort of, that's, let's find some more relatable mm-hmm. in, with my theater. There's like the sense of letting people down, mm. you know, like if you don't do a good job or if you stop for a while and you mm-hmm. have all these people rooting for you, how exhausting must that be? You're like constantly being like, you are going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. At what point do you just say like, oh, never mind, they're not worth the trouble? I will, and like my like counter to that is that the people who want to root for you, for Taylor, are going to root no matter what. Exactly. And I think, and like it comes from a place of like love yes. and understanding and also a place of like, hey, you've done a lot for me. Mm-hmm. I want to root for you, you yeah. know? 
Yeah, but that that's where the anxiety and the depression yeah. take over is is the negative side yeah, of that, right? Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah. Gab, what's yeah. your favorite line? My favorite line is, did you hear my covert narcissism? I disguise as altruism like some kind of congressman. Hmm. A, because the way she sings it is incredible. Like, it just sounds so mm-hmm. good. And also, like, these are some huge words. They're, like, really big words. And big. also, like, hard to say. But once you figure out the rhythm of it, also very, like, rewarding. Uh-huh. But also because I immediately could, like, latch on to something about it that's in Taylor's life that it made me think of. Oh, okay. So, like, it really made me think of, like, the numerous generous things Taylor's done and given people over the years and the way that, like, people have always twisted them to be something more self-serving and that Taylor feels that anxiety too. Yeah. So like one example of this that came to mind is Taylor gave money to Kesha to continue her court fight against Dr. Luke to be let out of a contract with the man that she had alleged assaulted and abused her Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and to get out of that contract and Taylor donated more money to continue her court case. Mm -hmm. And like there were a lot of celebrities at the time who felt like her donation was self-serving and and also said things about about like oh like you'll like donate money but why aren't you speaking up about these issues mm. and things like this like in general these were the years before Taylor started speaking out politically right I think that Taylor probably like internalized that criticism and like maybe even thinks that it's covert narcissism that she disguised it all as altruism mm-hmm. but like you know, I personally feel like either way, the donation was a good thing that helped Kesha, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, like, just hearing her say that, and I don't think that line is specifically about this situation. It just made me personally think of it. And there have been other things like this throughout the years. And I just think it's just so fascinating. Yeah, just thinking about that, like, covert narcissism, my disguise as altruism, like, doing good things, but, like, it's also for me to look good, kind right. of an idea. But, like, some kind of congressman. Like, I, but ultimately, like, I think the good things she does help people and are good, too. Yeah. Whether they're yeah. self-serving or not, they're yeah. still good things, you know? For sure. But these are, you know, her exploring her insecurities. Right. But, yeah, that line just, like, really got me. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Devin. One to ten monsters on the hill. What do you give Antihero? I know it's like too soon to read it. It's like, I feel like it's too soon. But you gotta right now. I have to. Pull the trigger. I have to. A nine. I'm gonna give it a nine. Okay. Because I I have to have more time with these songs to determine if they reach my top 20. Yeah, I feel that. You know? Yeah. As we all know, that's my rule. It's your rule. My self-imposed rule. Yeah. Freaking amazing! One of one of my top five on the album already, yeah. and it it's been a week, obviously, but it has not changed. I have enjoyed it continuously, yeah, over and over again. Some of the other songs on the album are starting to maybe pull ahead. Who mm, knows? Mm. Here and there, question is still number one. The boppiest of all bops, freaking phenomenal song. Anyway, we'll antihero, great song, love it. Can't wait to hear it performed live. Can't wait to keep listening to this one. So good. Yeah. Gab, from 1 to 10, Monsters on the Hill, what do you give this song? I am also going to give Antihero 9 Monsters on the Hill. Okay. I really love this song. It is one of my favorites on the album. I do feel like I need more time with it to give it a 10. Yeah. But 9's a really good rating. I think so. And especially for that to be your knee-jerk rating as a 9, like, that's really damn good. Really good. So, yeah, I I love this song. There's a lot to delve into here, and I think we, we did it justice. 
I think so. Yeah. Listen along with us. You can check us out on Instagram at Podcast and give us your thoughts. Do you also relate to Antihero? What do you think about the music video? Ooh, yeah. Did we miss any Easter eggs? Ooh, yeah. Let us know. And remember, you can find exclusive bonus content on our Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. We recently put up an episode on our initial reactions to every yeah. Midnight's track. Yes. So if you hear us talking about our top threes and things like that, that's all shared on the Patreon. Yes. So go check us out over there. And thank you so much to our newest patrons, Katie Brown and Jacqueline Sandoval. Thank you. Woohoo! Well... Next episode, we're doing another Midnight's we're doing, track. We're going we're for going, it. We're, we have to get through 12 here, you yeah. know, to begin. So we're going right on to Bejeweled from Midnight's. Woohoo! Come hang with us. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab. This has been Tay to Z. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>